0: Dark is a way, and light is a place. Heaven that never was, nor will be ever, is always true. Dylan Thomas, poem on his birthday. Simon & Schuster Audio presents The Glass Castle, a memoir by Jeanette Walls. Read by the author. To John, for convincing me that everyone who is interesting has a past. Chapter One A Woman on the Street. I was sitting in a taxi, wondering if I had overdressed for the evening, when I looked out the window and saw Mom, rooting through a dumpster. It was just after dark. A blustery March wind whipped the steam coming out of the manholes, and people hurried along the sidewalks with their collars turned up. I was stuck in traffic two blocks from the party where I was heading. Mom stood fifteen feet away. She had tied rags around her shoulders, to keep out the spring chill, and was picking through the trash while her dog, a black and white terrier mix, played at her feet. Mom's gestures were all familiar. The way she tilted her head and thrust out her lower lip when she was studying items of potential value that she'd hoisted out of the dumpster. The way her eyes widened with childish glee when she found something she liked. Her long hair was streaked with gray, tangled and matted, and her eyes had sunk deep into their sockets. But she still reminded me of the mom she'd been when I was a kid, swan-diving off cliffs and painting in the desert and reading Shakespeare aloud. Her cheekbones were still high and strong, but the skin was parched and ruddy from all those winters and summers exposed to the elements. To the people walking by, she probably looked like any of the thousands of homeless people in New York City. It had been months since I laid eyes on Mom, and when she looked up, I was overcome with panic that she'd see me and call out my name and that someone on the way to the same party would spot us together and Mom would introduce herself and my secret would be out. I slid down in the seat and asked the driver to turn around and take me home to Park Avenue. The taxi pulled up in front of my building. The doorman held the door for me, And the elevator man took me up to my floor. My husband was working late, as he did most nights, and the apartment was silent, except for the click of my heels on the polished wood floor. I was still rattled from seeing Mom. The unexpectedness of coming across her, the sight of her rooting happily through the dumpster. I put some Vivaldi on, hoping the music would settle me down. I looked around the room. There were the -the turn-of-the-century bronze and silver vases and the old books with worn leather spines that I'd collected at flea markets. There were the Georgian maps I'd framed, the Persian rugs and the overstuffed leather armchair I liked to sink into at the end of the day. I'd tried to make a home for myself there, tried to turn the apartment into the sort of place where the person I wanted to be would live. But I could never enjoy the room without worrying about Mom and Dad, huddled on a sidewalk grate somewhere. I fretted about them, but I was embarrassed by them, too, and ashamed of myself for wearing pearls and living on Park Avenue while my parents were busy keeping warm and finding something to eat. What could I do? I'd tried to help them countless times, but Dad would insist they didn't need anything, and Mom would ask for something silly like a perfume atomizer or a membership to a health club. They said... They were living the way they wanted to. After ducking down in the taxi so Mom wouldn't see me, I hated myself, hated my antiques, my clothes, and my apartment. I had to do something, so I called a friend of Mom's and left a message. It was our system of staying in touch. It always took Mom a few days to get back to me, but when I heard from her, she sounded, as always, cheerful and casual, as though we'd had lunch the day before. I told her I wanted to see her and suggested she drop by.